Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Today, we've got a Super Bowl special, looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs, and what are the four keys to a championship team. Let's get to it. Over nearly two decades, I covered the National Football League, crisscrossing the country to games, including 15 Super Bowls, and other major NFL events, such as the Combine and owners' meetings. At any NFL-related event, one group always walked with a bit more swagger than everyone else the reigning Super Bowl champion. For most of my time, there were 32 NFL teams, which meant, in the minds of most NFL personnel, there were 31 losers. Not the healthiest approach, and certainly not one that my podcast would encourage. But during my time around the league, something became very evident. The champions had common characteristics, and this year is no exception. The first key is strong organizational leadership. What does that mean? I always say it starts at the top. NFL owners are obviously very wealthy, having distinguished themselves in different industries. But the most consistently strong NFL teams have owners who recognize their most important job is to hire the right football person and empower that person to do his or her job. The least successful NFL teams, well, they're usually run by owners who tell the general manager which players to draft or sign and meddle in parts of the organization that are outside their expertise. Looking at the two Super Bowl teams, it's very clear the influence of the two head coaches, the Chiefs' Andy Reid and the Bucks' Bruce Arians. And reflecting on other consistently successful teams of late, you think of the New England Patriots with head coach Bill Belichick and the Baltimore Ravens with future Hall of Fame general manager Ozzie Newsom. But let's go deeper with Arians, who really made his name as the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, having an impact on players such as Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, and Carson Palmer, among others. In this year's season opener, the Bucs lost 34-23 to the New Orleans Saints. Afterwards, check out what Arians had to say. Bruce, to see two interceptions from from Tom Brady, uh, I don't know how much you've been able to see those, but what happened on those two plays that that led to the mistakes? Uh, One was a miscommunication between he and Mike, and uh, he thought Mike was going down the middle. It's a different coverage. Mike read it right, and uh, he should have been across his face, but Tom just overthrew it, and the other one was a – it was a screen pass with an outlet called, and he threw the outlet, and it was a pick six. Bad decision. Hey, Bruce, overall, um, what did you make of Brady? Did you feel like they were just out of sync? Uh, he got a lot of pressure. I mean, what was his overall game? I mean, it came out, came out lighting up. We go right down the field and score a touchdown. So I, I wouldn't say uh, he was out of sync at all until we started screwing it up. We didn't run the ball as well as I thought we would on the edges. We, we, we had some success, but, uh, you know, we had some good drives and we had some really poor drives. But the turnovers and the penalties were the key. To recap, new Bucks quarterback Tom Brady, the most accomplished player in NFL history, had thrown two interceptions in his debut for the Bucks, but Arians didn't hold back. Coaches can often lose respect in a locker room or within an organization when they allow certain individuals free reign to do as they please. But Arians' comments were questioned by many, including Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. So how did Brady respond? 
Quote, there's nothing about me or my game that's infallible, Brady told the NFL Network. Quote, I'm a player like everybody else, so I'm trying to be coached, and I think the team has very high expectations for me. When I don't meet those, he should be upset, you know? End quote. But Arians doesn't take a my way or the highway approach to leadership. He has assembled the NFL's most diverse coaching staff with his top four assistants, all African-Americans, and also two full-time female coaches. Instead, Arians works hard to connect with his players and coaches on a personal level, and he takes seriously creating a culture that emphasizes family, accountability, as evidenced by the Brady example, and work ethic. The second key, universal buy-in. This goes hand-in-hand with strong organizational leadership. And while players and coaches usually make up the highest-paid individuals inside an NFL franchise, each club is comprised of many different departments, just like other companies worth a billion-plus dollars. Marketing, ticketing, scouting, training, and much, much more. While their functions don't play a critical role in what happens on most Sundays, they have to believe in and work towards the franchise's goal. Everyone must understand the direction and destination of the team and recognize the role they play. A backup quarterback may have the skill and talent to be the starter, but he must focus on his current role on the team. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was drafted 10th overall in the 2017 NFL Draft, but he accepted his role as a backup to starter Alex Smith, a three-time Pro Bowl selection. Check out what Mahomes said about Alex Smith. Yeah, I learned a ton from Alex Smith. I mean, I attribute a lot of my, my success, especially so early in my career, to him. I mean, the way he was able to to go about it, uh, being a professional, uh, going out there and having the great year that he that he had my, my first year, and just seeing how he went about every single day and, and how to game plan and how to recognize coverages. And, and he didn't hold anything back from me. I mean, he, he taught me that's just the type of person he was and that he is, and I, I'm a, I attribute a lot of my success to him. The Chiefs started Mahomes in week 17 of that season and then traded Smith away the next offseason. The point being, Mahomes was patient and fulfilled his role. He lived by the old credo, we, not me. A common problem for a losing team is that it's made up of individuals with their own agendas and just one or two can poison the whole team. That was very evident this season in Houston where there were reports of a non-football staffer having significant influence on the owner in making decisions related to coaches and players. The Texans had a very disappointing season and now Deshaun Watson, one of the NFL's top quarterbacks, reportedly wants to be traded. Houston has a problem. A huge one. Legendary Packers head coach Vince Lombardi once said, quote, A guy may have the potential to be the best player of all time, yet unless he is totally committed to the team and victory as a unit, he won't win ballgames. And winning is the name of the game. End quote. Well, I may disagree a little bit that winning is not everything, but you understand the heart of Lombardi's quote. The most successful teams, businesses, and organizations have individuals who take pride in their role, no matter how big or seemingly small, and respect others. Third, 
Championship teams have collective character. A truism in life and sport is that challenges will come. They are inevitable. On the field, they'll come by way of injuries or bad bounces or a matchup that weighs heavily in favor of the opposition. But challenges also come in other parts of the organization, whether there's a public relations dilemma that has nothing to do with the players or coaches. The team with a weak collective character are undone by one or two injuries, doomed by distraction. But the strong teams? Well, they deal with adversity in a cool way described by Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky. Check it out. A lobster is a soft, mushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining. Right? And the, kind of the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell, and produces a new one. Well, eventually, that shell becomes very uncomfortable as it grows, right? Back under the rocks. Good. And the lobster repeats this numerous times. The stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Right? Now, if lobsters had doctors, they would never grow. Because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable, goes to the doctor, gets a Valium, gets a Percocet, feels fine. Never gets off its shell. So I think that we have to realize is that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity. Due to COVID-19, this NFL season was very, very different. Brady, for instance, joined the Bucks after spending 20 seasons with the New England Patriots. He didn't have time for a real training camp or preseason games, which largely impacted why his performance in the season opener may not have been his best. The Chiefs had 10 players and two staffers who were affected by COVID, and one of their games was rescheduled. The Cleveland Browns head coach wasn't able to be with his team for a playoff game because of COVID. Yet both the Bucks and the Chiefs had shaky moments this past season and still thrived in the postseason, with the Bucks perhaps surprising the Saints and then defeating the Green Bay Packers led by presumptive MVP Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. The Chiefs quieted the acclaimed Buffalo Bills defense and they proved throughout the season that no lead is ever safe against them. The last key includes a twist. Yes, players are a key to a team's success. That's long been established. Just look at the Patriots, going from 12 and four in 2019 to seven and nine last season. Meanwhile, it's longtime quarterback Brady headed to Tampa and led the Bucks to its first postseason since 2007. But it's a specific type of player that championship teams are full of, coachable ones. Again, start at the top with inarguably the most important position on a football field, quarterback. I loved seeing the meme of an old Yoda and baby Yoda representing Super Bowl 55. But Brady and Mahomes are both, without question, coachable players. You heard the story at the beginning of this podcast with the critique of Brady from Arians and how well Brady accepted that input. Mahomes always speaks respectfully of his head coach Andy Reid and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, himself a very accomplished player and a future NFL head coach. In the AFC title game, McCole Hardman muffed the punt and the Bills recovered the ball inside the five-yard line and then scored a touchdown. The Bills jumped out to a 9-0 lead. Listen to this and see if you can hear what Hardman heard on the sideline of that game. 
A lot of plays left to be made. You got to trust them boys for it, all right? Now Buffalo's got goal to go after the fumbled punt. Hey! Hey, 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 they throw it left side to Hartman on a wide receiver screen into the end zone. Touchdown! Helping us to forget about that muff punt. Hey, that's how you handle the varsity. You smack it right in the mouth. The first person you hear is all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey, who tells Hartman a lot of plays to be made. Hartman slams his helmet and he puts his parka over his head in frustration, hiding on the bench. But Mahomes walks over and he insists his teammate look him in the eyes. Quote, we're good. Be you. You're gonna make a play in this game. End quote. Mahomes was wrong. Hardman made several key plays in the game. On the very next series, the Chiefs went to Hardman and he turned an end around into a 50-yard gain, then capped the series with a touchdown on a screen pass. Back on the sideline, Kelsey tells Hardman, quote, that's how you handle adversity. You smack it right in the mouth. End quote. Lesser teams would have folded, being frustrated at the player who made the big mistake and ultimately blaming him for the loss. Lesser coaches might have benched the player and given up on him. Lesser teammates wouldn't have talked to him or attempted to encourage him. But that's why the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champion and have a chance to repeat after defeating the Bills 38-24. On the Bucks, Brady clearly sets the tone, convincing his star tight end with the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, to come out of retirement and join him. And while he was accustomed to being a superstar, Gronk accepted a reduced role because of the presence of other offensive playmakers like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scott Miller, and Cameron Brait. Meanwhile, players who'd been criticized on previous teams have fit in just fine on the Bucks. The Bucks are listening to the coaches, accepting their roles, looking for ways to support and help one another. One cool example was Brady and receiver Antonio Brown, who's been at the center of a lot of negative news in recent seasons. But in the season finale, Brady went out of his way to help Brown. Brown entered the game with 34 catches on the season, 11 short of triggering a $250,000 incentive bonus. That's a lot of catches to make up, and it seemed very unlikely. Entering the fourth quarter, Brown had four catches, but Brady kept targeting Brown, and he completed four more completions early in the quarter. Firmly in control against the Atlanta Falcons, Brady completed three more passes to Brown in the final two minutes of the Browns' 44-27 win. So who will win this big game? Well, if I evaluate the Bucks and Chiefs on my four keys to a championship team, I believe the Chiefs have an advantage. I think they have an edge over the Bucks in each area. Strong organizational leadership, universal buy-in, collective character, and coachable players. But another key, the core of the Chiefs has been together longer. This is Mahomes' fourth season, his third as a starter. Kelsey and Reed joined the team in 2013. Bienemy has been the offensive coordinator since 2018. I won't give you a score, but I do believe the Chiefs will prevail. 
If you want to hear more about the importance of being coachable, I'm hosting a free webinar on Friday, February 5th. After a short video from me about my model student-athlete program, you'll be able to watch my coachable training session for free. Yes, for free. You'll learn about the 15th century origin of the word coach, the levels of coachability, and hear highlighted examples from notable people such as Brady, legendary Tennessee basketball coach Pat Summit, and another player who Bucks coach Bruce Arians coached. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can get the latest episode as soon as it's available. If you have questions for me, contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.